0: Podcast number I'm one, I'm your host, Daddy McDook. Bengals podcast for the number one Bengals team. Yes,
1: yeah, and I'm joined as always by Dr. Hoji, director, Kismoji. Greetings and John Luciano Pavorati, Chirin.
0: Oh, one of my favorites. Yes,
1: and we have HR in the room as well. Okay, let us get. I'm sorry, Greetings. I'm sorry. Yet, out of Jenkes. respect, because of it is, I think it is a women's memorial, national memorial uh, month or women's awareness month. But a week. And week, so, week out of 20. respect, I would introduce HR, and obviously I have written down the name here of Brenda Jacobson. Bridget okay. Jenkes. Let us. Thanks,
0: so. right. we'll
1: Let get us get, get right, right to it. We'll
2: get respect. there.
1: Well, look, today we want to talk about some draft stuff and some more non-news, some more nonsense non-news. But first, Brickstar TV. And Courtney, look, I know Courtney is nervous, but I'm going to get it right this time. I actually, I have written it down. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. I've written down that the Inside for those, the Shield for those, podcast... For those who can't see,
0: Yeah, Courtney is wincing.
1: <laughs> right. But no, look, Inside the Shield Podcast, tell me if I get anything wrong, Courtney. But inside the shield with NFL moms, and they had the mother of Kevon Wallace on the show. He's a free safety for the Philadelphia Eagles, and his mom's name is Roseanne Barr.
0: No, and and no, that that's is impossible. it is kind that's of impossible. I, I don't even know who this man is, but that is impossible. That is oh, not close. impossible. I
2: had my hopes, I actually let my hopes get up. Shame right. on me. Yeah.
0: It is, I have it. Yeah, fool me once,
1: shame on me, fool me twice. Well, shame on me. I mean, they had the Roseanne Barr podcast and now they have her back. And then I don't see what's wrong with that. Courtney, am I getting hold on? Oh, I'm sorry, it's Roxanne Barnes. There we go. I got it now. It's Roxanne Barnes, the mother of Kevon. A name manipulated by your fascist dreams,
0: as always.
1: Right. And so she was on the Inside the Shield. And you can go to uh, TV and watch us there. And you can, you know, you can kind of decide who you don't want to be on the podcast. I mean, not, not going to, you know, I'm not going to nudge you in any direction. What but is maybe... a survivor? Yeah, I mean, that is, I think that is how it works on the TV app. You can go there. Just go to TV. Yes. And also, look, go to Sports. Daddy, I'm afraid anyone's going to
0: get voted off the island first. It's going to be you, man.
1: We will see about that because as you know, uh, results can be, I don't know what the word is, but they can be manipulated, you know. skewed, yes. right? Go to the Sports and get a direct line to me, Hoji and John. And uh, we send out texts. We try to send them out at least a couple times a week, maybe once yeah. a week sometimes, but yeah. it's only $3. And you can reply and you can tell us uh, any questions you have. And John we'll answer those. All right, let us get right to it. So if you've been following Bengals Twitter, you know that a lot of people have been saying, hey, look at these big contracts. How are the Bengals going to keep this core together? How are they going to give Joe Burr a new contract? And we know that the Bengals gave Carson Palmer about $100 million. And that was like what 15 years it's ago like or burning, something? Burning money. Seventeen really. years ago, eighteen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean Carson Palmer. I mean, I don't care if it was 1920s. Ahead. That's a lot of money. Uh,
0: yeah, I think a lot of our viewers don't know that the second role of this show, besides covering the Bengals, is just hating on Carson Palmer. That right. we do, we do really for no reason except that we've always done it. No one really knows why we hate on Carson Palmer. No,
1: there's a lot of reasons. But uh, they gave Andy Dalton what 96 million dollars. I mean, wow. You know, and money doesn't rapper. 2014. John wasn't that long ago? Yeah. Why not yeah. just pay me to throw the ball? But no, my point is this. If you pay Andy Dalton $100 million, you pay Carson Butler $100 million, you're not going to give Joe Burrow $500 million? I mean, oh, they're definitely I, I, I wouldn't be surprised so, if they gave him $500 billion.
3: Yeah, he's worth every little surprised.
1: I, I, I don't know if I would either. John, I mean, if they like can
2: Dr. Evil can. negotiations. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, if you could sign him to a 100-year contract, why wouldn't you, John?
3: It's a but good look, starting point for the agent. I don't know if it's going to end there. you know.
2: Well, John, th- th- I, you, if I you... were his
3: agent, I'd get him the contract.
2: How many John. years for a $500 million contract?
1: That'd be 10 years. But, I mean, by the time Joe Burrow is up, it, it could be a little bit more than that, the, the total amount. But John, let's uh, John talk about it, because John was telling us about the signing
0: bonuses. And, I, I, want, I you know, want Joe Burrow on this team when his knees don't work. I want the decrepit Joe Burrow on this team. I want, on, I want him here when he's 50 years old, still playing starting quarterback. I don't care if oh, I don't know it. if he has well, to When you were saying old,
3: that, like he already kind of has decrepit knees now. Yeah, like, exactly. I not know what you were going I take it.
0: I love it. Yeah. I'm yeah. a man who I don't marry for life, but I pick QBs for life. Yep.
3: And so I so hate QBs So we're life. back with our $500 Palmer. million yeah. dollar range, though. So,
1: John, right. So let's let's talk yeah. about it. So you you were explaining to us in our chat. We have a chat. You can't subscribe to that. But if you could, it'd be more than $3. I but, thought
0: that was a chat. Okay, go ahead. No. No, no, no.
1: But, John, you were explaining that, look, the, a realistic deal. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, according to, you know, I would say most NFL execs. I don't necessarily agree. But – uh And his deal was only, what, a third guaranteed or something, John, about? Yeah, more or less, I think. Yeah, and and the Bengals, like you said, they don't give a lot of of guaranteed money out. And I'm I'm getting the idea it's because they don't actually have the cash to do so. But you talk about the signing bonus substituting for the guaranteed
3: money, right? Well, the, the signing bonus is the bulk of the guaranteed money. For most for most contracts, but also in the Bengals case, it's the entire portion of the guarantee money. You have to look at it in terms of like fully guaranteed and practical or effective guarantees. And the Bengals live in the world where they rely on effective guarantees, and you see those in the form of roster bonuses. And roster bonuses get distributed about a couple of days after like the new league year begins. So, like every free agency, some of their biggest free agency signings of the past, they get paid. Like a couple million in roster bonuses. Like Trey Hendrickson this year got a $6 million roster bonus that he was 100% going to make, like, regardless of what he did. Like, he was a phenomenal edge rusher for them last year, but he wasn't going to get cut after he signed a four year deal. So he was going to be on the roster for March 21st or whatever the date was, and he was going to get paid that $6 million. None of his base salary or the rest of his contract is guaranteed, but I think he has another roster bonus due next year. So he's going to get that money because. This is the Bengals, and they don't typically cut some of their biggest contracts before the very last year or maybe uh, two years before the actual end of the deal. So the Bengals use those roster bonuses in their negotiations to make up for the fact that they don't guarantee base salaries for whatever reason. Honestly, it's not something that I'm acutely aware of, to be honest with you. But I look at the Mahomes contract, and that was like the standard before Deshaun Watson signed his fully guaranteed deal. Mahomes is getting 45 million a year for 10 years, which I think is a good baseline for the Burrow deal, but like you said, only 63 million is fully guaranteed, but he, every single year he's getting these massive roster bonuses. His signing bonus is not that big, so uh, against the cap it doesn't really do much, but every single year that Mahomes is a Kansas City Chief, he's getting a roster bonus in like the 40, 50, 60 million dollar range, and wow. that just has to be paid again on whatever date that is of that year. And the Bengals can do that because they, they presumably would have $50 million, $60 million in cash on hand every single year to make those payments. It's just a matter of if Burrow wants to take a deal structured like that when there's a new precedent now with Deshaun Watson.
0: Now, John, well, I mean, John, John r- important, yeah. question, important question here. What would you do with a, with $40 million? If I gave you $40 million right now, what are you going to do with that money?
3: I'm keeping like... Two to three million for myself because I don't oh, think wow. I need more than that. Oh, wow. Uh, the rest is going to
1: our Patreon. It, it,
3: okay. it, won't, go to, it won't go to Daddy. It'll go, go a little bit to Bridget, a little bit to to uh, Hoji. Oh, the, yeah. Basically, yum, people yum. who help me, um, organizations who could do the most good. I don't need more than what two to three million. a good soul. Wow. wow. It's, it's but, crazy though. Like, like what, 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 are you possibly going to do with more than like a handful of million dollars?
0: Well, once you buy a 10 million dollar
2: house,
3: month. yeah, he is, he's a saint. Once you, once yeah. you buy like
0: a, once you buy a, let's say a 20, $20 million house. And I know because I have one, you know, you got the property taxes, right. you got guests coming over once a week. They want the good stuff. You got to break out the good stuff. It adds up, you know, luxury breeds luxury, John. Now second question, People keep talking about Deshaun Watson as if he's the reason that all the, the, the things are getting blown out of proportion. But from what I remember, it was Dak, Dak Prescott, wasn't it, who kind of changed? No, we're talking the-,
1: about, no it's the guaranteed money has changed. Right. Kirk Cousins got but, but, a fully guaranteed $90 million deal or something, right, John? I think yeah. it was fully guaranteed. And now Deshaun Watson... So Kirk Cousins was a top ten, fifteen, maybe. Yeah, but Dak was the one 10. who broke that, broke all the records, right, with his salary. He was the... No, that's every year that happens. Anybody who signs a new QB deal is gonna is gonna break the overall money record. But what they did with Deshaun Watson, because the Browns were in a bad place because of the Browns, and because they messed up their their you know their relationship with Baker Mayfield, they had to win the Deshaun Watson. It sweepstakes. They had to and win. And so, so they came in with the final, you know, final move was, hey, we'll fully guarantee it. And so he agreed you know, after saying he didn't want to go to the Browns. Wow. So that is the thing is you have a top-tier quarterback getting a long-term deal yeah. fully guaranteed. The closest wow. we had was an average quarterback you know, getting a shorter deal. But, John, so I have a few questions for you. Okay. Yeah. It is the thing. The, the, the roster bonuses, the signing bonuses, the other teams, they tend to, you know, they always say, hey, this player restructured his deal, and now they have, you know, $20 million extra in cap space, right? But they're, it's, they're not losing any money when they restructure Those players. The players are
3: gaining more money. They're gaining more money. At that that time of the restructure because it's being converted to a signing bonus and the signing bonus gets prorated throughout the rest of the the duration of the deal. But the signing bonus is paid up front, right? So instead of getting paid that in salaries over the next however many years or whatever, you're just getting that money up front. So it's beneficial for the player. It's beneficial for the cap.
1: Yeah. And so the thing is, Will the Bengals be able to do that with their cash restrictions if they give Burrow a big deal? Would they ever be able to be like, "Hey, we owe Burrow sixty million dollars this year, but let's let's reduce that cap hit so we can continue building around him"? Uh, now, I, mean, they, I apologize they, for they, my they, glasses, by the way, John. I don't know what's going on with my glasses.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll answer it. You you try to fix them. Um, I, I, they don't really restructure really, anyways. Um, be, they have opportunities to do so because they they. Escalate base salaries and they have roster bonuses, and you can convert base and roster bonuses to signing bonuses, but that's typically just not what they do. And that leads to the narrative or the reality that they're quote unquote cash poor or more cash poor than most other teams, or they're not. As liquid I don't necessarily think that's the case like because of revenue sharing like no team is necessarily cash poor they spent a lot of cash every single year and they're gonna spend a lot of cash for Joe Burrow don't think for a second that they're not going to get a deal done with Joe Burrow it may not look like the Deshaun Watson deal but they're gonna sweeten it enough to the point where Burrow's gonna get all the money that he deserves
0: yeah and he deserves a lot I think he is to the Bengals what Michael Jordan was to the Bulls and Michael Jordan I would remind the viewers is worth more than two point six billion dollars.
3: Well, Jordan also had like a bunch of endorsements, right? And, and like Burroughs, not true.
0: football players don't have that. the same kind of endorsements. That's a good point. Yeah,
3: I feel like not even Brady ever got to that level. I mean, he's like
0: no, he's doing the Hertz rent a car. It's kind of sad, really.
3: Let's right. go. He,
0: he doesn't have the shoes. He, no one wants to buy Brady shoes. Though, yeah. what would Brady shoes be? They'd be those white sailor. Middle East guy shoes. You know what I mean. Who wants? He's to
2: He's got that? that whole like Lululemon line for dudes, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, and and it's a rare it's a rare for a man to be thin enough to pull that off. Really, once they pass thirty, you know.
1: I don't even know what happened to this conversation. It, it started talking about football, and now you are talking about some some sort of radical. The room came know. to life when I we feel- talked about fashion. Daddy O, and you <laughs> have not a wit. I just retaped sense. my glasses. What are you talking about? Look. Let us move on. I want to talk about the the off-season of the Bengals. John wrote an article talking about how the Bengals, yeah, on cityjungle.com, go check it out, it's free. And he wrote about how the Bengals prevented a lot of injuries last year because they were ahead of the game. They were using advanced analytics to prevent ligament tears, yes. And uh, so he was, uh, I wrote down some of the the notes that he talked about, and they had, uh, you know, they did uh, like 10,000 Madden simulations, I think, to predict when injuries would happen. And they also, they put very powerful microphones next to the, the player's knees and elbows to listen to when they were about to crack. No, but really, John, what does that mean? What does it mean to have, uh, to be able to predict injuries? I know they're giving them rest, and the Bengals, this year they're starting camp later than everybody because we had such a long season. But what did they do last year that you know about the, you know, to to kind of balance out the, the you know, getting them prepared and also making sure their bodies are not burdened too much?
3: See, this is an issue I have because you labeled it, advanced analytics or arthritics in this case and it's not really advanced at all and it kind of creates kind of it's, it's like a gatekeeping type of sense because you don't you're, it's like an intimidation thing where it's really simple the majority of soft ligament ish injuries aka hamstring injuries they occurred during the off season and then they linger on for the rest of the season and they pop back up during the season that's why you have a lot of hamstring injuries occur for wide receivers and cornerbacks and guys who do a lot of sprinting the Bengals saw this data and they said hey in the off-season, in mini camps and even the early portions of training camp we're not going to do a lot of sprinting we're not going to we're going to ease these guys up we're going to give them rest we're going to give them days off and we're going to not include that as part of the drills until the closer we get to the actual season so that they're fresh for for when the actual games begin and they don't end up suffering as many of those injuries in those periods obviously you can't avoid injuries altogether it's just too physical and violent of a sport to avoid some of those more physical contact injuries but for some of the injuries like aj green for example when he suffered that hamstring injury i believe it was like 2020 or whatever and it just kept lingering throughout the season that's what they wanted to avoid this time and that's why you saw a lot of their receivers and cornerbacks stay healthy throughout the season because they did their due diligence of looking at the data very simple very readable data for avoiding off-season injuries and they kind of stuck with that yeah
1: well john I, I I like that you are anti analytics. Finally, not even close to us. He's twice. not anti. He's, <laughs> saying, he's, very,
0: he's saying a very simple. He's saying basically Johnson that,
2: trusts the science. Yeah, that's he's saying, what I heard. John he, say. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He's saying well, they basically took care of their own. I mean, they they were just careful. They gave him a lot of rest, and, and and you have a real listening problem, hmm. Daddy. Well,
1: okay. Well, let us let us move on then, because. I, I don't. I don't know. You what, don't want to what, listen to me. Any of that? Yeah, I don't want to listen yeah. to you anymore about that. But John, let's let's talk about the draft, okay? Now, oh, yeah. the Bengals they signed uh, that that tight end from Atlanta, right? Hayden mm-hmm. Hurst, and uh, and he's a, a starter type of guy, right? He can he can start. He's got athleticism. He's got the the catching ability. So. But they're, they're still looking at tight ends, and they have to get the long-term
3: answer. They have to get just, a guy... They just signed one today, actually. Yeah, they just oh, signed yeah. one today. Who, the who did they sign today? Nick Eubanks. Never heard of him before? No, yeah, I, I haven't. haven't. From Is the Cowboys. He Is he any good? He, he played a grand total of zero snaps last year. So. Oh, so he's fresh. They've been yeah. doing their John, <laughs> analytics. John, here's the thing. Here's the thing, John.
2: Positive <laughs> reframe.
3: Yeah, you know We I'm, have...
1: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, John, we have Sample, Drew Sample the blocking tight end, I don't know how much he's, he's actually developed in the NFL as a blocking tight end, but that's what he was drafted to be. And then we have Hayden Hurst, who's the catching tight end, not a great blocker, right? So we can move them in and out. If we're going to draft a tight end, don't you think that, you know, if we're going to use a top, I don't know, one of the first three rounds on a tight end this year, don't you think he should be more of a kind of like a home run, kind of like all around kind of high potential tight end no. and not someone who's just kind of good at one or the no. other.
0: No. No.
3: Or are you just no,
0: I think that the Bengals need a really good blocking tight end. And the reason is that we're already so rich on the receiving core. And actually, Jamar Chase can, is, can already do what any any tight end can do. The man is tough. He breaks tackles. They use him on those short passes. You get your blocking tight end because we need all the protection that we're going to get. My two cents.
3: So you can find blocking tight ends beyond where the Bengals pick Drew Sample. Like, that's not a smart investment and that... that juncture if you will but i kind of agree with what daddy saying when you invest an early pick in the tight end you're looking for one of the guys that are like the game breakers at the position the travis kelsey's the rob garcalsey's the guys who look like humongous wide receivers but move just like normal wide receivers and you know there are a couple in this draft class that they can look at but that's kind of a missing dimension aspect of their offense it's like cj uzama grew into the very best that he possibly could have been for like a fifth round guy he was a he was a solid athlete for his size but they could use more they could use more speed explosion for a guy of of that build and to have someone line up attached to the end of the formation and go one-on-one against safeties and linebackers even slot cornerbacks like that's a mismatch and joe Burrow does a great job of dissecting the middle of the field to have a target of that caliber with that athleticism, that is a dimension that could even open up the offense even more because you have explosion on the perimeter with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and you have Tyler Boyd on third downs. But having that tight end, it just adds another dynamic weapon to an already pretty dynamic offense.
1: Yeah, and so that's the thing, John. I'm looking at the guys that the Bengals have have worked out or met with, and one of them is Trey McBride, I Mm -hmm. think. And he, he's a pretty good pass blocker, but he's not a big play threat. He's not a big vertical threat, not a game breaker like you were talking about. Where are you reading I, the
3: scouting reports?
0: Okay, did I did I get his wrong? Are these from the 90s again? <laughs> you remember when you brought the 90s scouting reports and you thought they were from like last year?
1: Well, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I actually watched a little bit of his tape, as you call it, the YouTube mm-hmm. well, highlights. If it was on tape. We but... <laughs> But no, and, and I actually thought he looked like a pretty good, you know, downfield right. threat. Yeah. And he's a big guy. He looks pretty big. He looks 6'4", 250, something like that. Yeah. That's big. And so there, there's him and then there's this Grant Calcaterra guy who had the uh, lot of concussions and he's an average blocker. And, and when I look at his tape receiving, I don't see an advantage over, you know, Hayden Hurst. Right,
3: mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, I don't know. I just, I just want to see what you think of these two prospects. Is it serious? Because the Bengals have met with a lot of players the last couple of years and not drafted them, whereas before the previous two years, it used to be a good sign of who they were going to draft. Do you remember, John? It seems like right. there's been a little bit of a, a change there.
3: Yeah, I mean, they worked out Panay Sewell last year, and obviously they didn't take him. But they did work out Trey McBride at his pro day, and he ran like a 4.5, 4.40, something like that, which is That's really crazy. Good. His yeah, big yeah guy,
0: like a big guy, yeah.
3: Like they haven't had a tight end like that since. I mean, I don't even think Tyler Eifert was the athlete that Jermaine Gresham was, but Gresham never developed into what they thought he was going to be they haven't had like an athletic tight end who was also like a competent and consistent football player and I think McBride can eventually be that but it is really hard for rookie tight ends no matter how talented they are to be acclimated so quickly in any offense it usually takes them a couple of years and then once they're on their second contracts like that's the prime of their careers so I think they're in a good spot though with having Hurst and Drew Sample be your starting two tight ends for this year and have a guy like mcbride who has the verse who has the ability to run a full route tree who has it was just a solid athlete who can you know get up get down the field really quickly and and he had like 90 something catches in yeah. know, the college tight end which is insane like he was the focal point of colorado state's offense which is very rare for any offense for like a tight end to have like 38 of-, of your passing yardage so he is used to being like the number one option In an offense, he won't have to be that in Cincinnati, but again, he won't have to do very much this year, anyways. He can take a year to really get his feet under him and then really take off in year two.
1: The other thing I like about McBride, John, is that he can fill the vacuum of a Yuzama because he's 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 got that kind of energy, you know, that boisterous he's very he's hilarious. I don't know if you see like he plays, he has that that hillbilly character he played, you know, on Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. He's he's a very
0: funny guy too. No, I think so. you're mixing him up with somebody. Is that it? That doesn't sound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hers. Okay. Yeah, I don't, that doesn't sound like. Well, we can move on.
1: We can move on, John, and uh, let us go to along the lines and let's talk about. Well, first, I, I, I know that we talked. We're going to talk about uh, Jamari Sailor. but before we do that, John, today there is a lot of rumors about the Bengals or not rumors, but mock drafts, mocking Tyler Linderbaum to the, mm. to the Bengals. And there was a discussion with, I think you were on there with Goodberry and others, and they were like, oh yeah, the Bengals should definitely get them. He's a beast, his tape is incredible. Other people are like, oh, I don't want another Billy Price. His arms are so short. And they're like, yeah. oh, Billy Price
0: is not, you know. I saw a tweet where, where they, they had the Tyrannosaurus Rex with really small arms. Right. But uh, but Goodberry seems to, to like him and say that he's, a, he's quite the athlete, John. What do you think, man?
3: Look, I know he doesn't pass your arm length threshold. Yeah, and it's a big deal. Very, it's very important. It's very important, but outliers exist. Nick Mangold, he's an outlier. He was a phenomenal center for many years for the Jets. He had like 31-inch arms. Alex Mack, he's still playing. He was like drafted in 2009, and he has like 31 or 30-inch arms or whatever. Linderbaum, wow. it, he's in that same type of arc- archetype of, of build for a center, and it only works when you have... The athleticism to get out of your stance to move laterally but also to have the strength to hold your own to displace guys to move guys and to hold your ground and pass protection and i think Linderbaum is in that category of of center like arm length only matters when you don't have the athleticism when you don't have the strength cough cough billy price russell boating to make it work and that's why it hasn't worked for for bengal centers in the past who lack that that length. like they haven't been looking at the right athletes at the position and Linderbaum he is a phenomenal athlete he can run the exact scheme that Frank Pollock wants to run and I again I don't think that they're completely interested in getting a center a rookie center to move Ted Karras to left guard but if he happens to be there I think that he would Make them change their plans because he's just that good. And I think I'm not saying that he's going to be the next Mangold or, or Mac, but I think he's in that caliber of talent as a prospect.
0: So that would be I mean, a think, th- that would
3: be a yeah. first
0: round. We're talking about taking him in the first round. Yeah, we'd
1: we'll like be number, lucky if he's there. Yeah, number thirty one. Is that what? The, is that mm-hmm. yeah. But John, let me ask you something about the arm length, right? Because he's a kind of a slimmer center. He's two ninety, I think. So, I mean. If he loses when you lose weight, right, your arms they come out a little bit more, they protrude, mm. like they're they're not hidden under the fat as much. No, 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 no.
0: no. They it's look not, longer. They look longer. They don't become longer than you. That's part of the skeleton. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well I think we need John, to bring
2: a physician on. You know, that should be remember, an off season yeah, project. You know,
0: you, know, you know, I remember when, when they wanted to take Burrow, there were actually people talking about the uh, Burrow's hand size and yeah. it being a suboptimal hand size, and we haven't had any issues with his hands being small. Actually, it's been an advantage. His hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he gives people yeah. fives when he's going, and, and yeah. the kids, he gives kids fives, and people love him because he got the small hands. Yep,
1: John. So look, they worked out Jamari Saylor, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a guy from Georgia who we know that they could is a guard. And and the thing here's my thing, John, is. Would they really draft a guard that early, after getting Jackson Carmen, you know, and 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 just kind of admitting that they missed on that because they not, they're not going to have two spots at guards, starting spots, right, anytime soon.
3: Well, no, like I mean, the, if they draft Linderbaum, they're moving Ted Karras to left guard, right? And that's that that's the spot taken. So I don't really know where Sellier is going to go. I I think playing at Georgia and having that tape under his belt i think that helps his championship pedigree he's played at four of the five offensive line positions there i think he even played a little bit of center when he wasn't starting for them but i i think there's a lot of inconsistencies with his overall game as well he's just a big dude who's a decent athlete as well i i don't know like i I feel like he's got mid-round like maybe he sneaks into the early parts of day three written all over him it's just the versatility and the size and the you know, the, the the tape against good competition. I think that's going to help him out. And that's what the Bengals typically value as well. So maybe that's why they wanted to bring him in and evaluate him themselves. But I don't think he's going to cost them anything of like a premium pick where it says this guy's going to start day one.
1: Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, we we do need a depth for sure. Yeah. So, okay.
0: Bridget, please. My turn? Yes. All right. So, well, you got, you got to give her a question, right?
2: <laughs> oh, I've got this. I've got this. Okay, so we're gonna yes. wrap up and we're gonna do. Hoji, you actually inspired me. A couple weeks ago, yeah. you kind of called on us and you didn't prepare any of us, and it was just sort of fun. Yeah. So um, speaking of Bengal's Twitter a little bit ago, yes, yesterday. I think Bengals tweeted asking who should be ruler of the jungle for the 2022 season. So for folks who don't know, ruler of the jungle is a sort of like silly thing they do at Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, it's, not before. Silly.
1: it's It's a very serious, but go ahead, please.
2: Oh, yes. Incredibly serious. Like icky woods with plastic on his, they, they just... All series. So it's like this pre-game ritual, the ruler of the jungle leads the Hootay chant. And there were all kinds of great rulers of the jungle for the inaugural series in 2021. We had Kay Adams, Icky Woods, Bengals Jim, uh, Chad Johnson. There are others. Those were four I remembered and wrote down so I wouldn't forget. And so Bengals were asking on Twitter, who should be ruler of the jungle for 2022? Um, and like, I think this like means something to the fan base to uh, to to be able to have a little bit of say in it. Um, the strength of the fan base is quite clear. I don't know if anyone saw the Reds are having joe burrow throw out the first pitch on opening day on april 12th and it's also one of the first opening days where the reds haven't been able to sell all their tickets um and so pulling a little bit on that Bengals fan base um so i want to ask each of you who do you think should be ruler of the jungle for one game in 2022 john we're going to start with you me
3: Let's bring back Jerry Springer back into town. I don't know when oh, the last wow. time he's been here, but uh, let's get the former mayor on the on the throne.
2: I love it. I gotta. Sh- that reminds me. I had to tweet out a picture of me and him at Starbucks from a few years ago. <laughs> All right, Jerry Springer. We'll tweet that. Hoji, who do you think?
0: Well, I. Who else would I pick other than Oprah? I mean, you bring Oprah there. She's gonna give more gifts to people. She's the gift that keeps on giving. I'm a personal friend of Oprah's. I could make the call. Oprah.
2: I love it. I love it. Yeah. You get a Bengal and you get a Bengal. I, I exactly. People would, people would lose their minds.
0: Yeah, it would be America's team. The queen city would bring the queen to the queen city.
2: All right, Daddio. I mean- Here you go.
1: I know for you, Bridget, it's a, it's a joke this whole affair, but it's actually a very serious thing, as I said. And the answer is obvious. It should be Mike Brown. He should reassert his dominance atop the throne of the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, there's been a lot of challengers to the throne, to the ruler of the jungle, from his retinue. And I'm talking about, you know, it happens all the time if you look at history in monarchies that you have sometimes the closest family member, sometimes your daughter, sometimes your son-in-law. They, wow. they are trying to overtake you and you don't even realize it until it's too late. And so with this public display of authority,
0: who Mike hurt Brown, you when you were a child, Daddy? I want to know what happened in that. I'm just saying, university. I'm just saying, we, we need- What we need an authoritarian. Fear, His brain is set up leadership. in structures of authority. The man is really, really, really messed up. I don't know,
1: Bridget, I think you got your answer. It is only one true ruler Oprah, of the jungle. Oprah. Yeah. Is just
2: a that's, yeah that's that's a an option and a perspective daddy so thank you
0: thank you for thank sharing you, that was a great segment yeah. thank
2: and you are you guys not gonna let me share mine oh
0: what <laughs> about yours we, we always
2: forget thank your you part
1: of yes yes, yes yes
2: so i say john legend he can be ruler of the jungle they can run him down he can sing the national anthem and then he can do the halftime show I'm sold Lennon. on it. Yeah. He's I a Bengals mine. fan. I changed
0: my vote. I changed my vote. I want John Lennon because maybe I could play in his band too.
3: I love it. There
2: you go. And if not you like brought, you said
3: John Lennon and just making sure that you know, no, well, able to do with that. No, 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 no. John,
2: John legend. legend. John Lennon, though, I mean... John I'm Lennon surprised isn't calling for his old friend. Stuff.
0: Though I remember when they, uh, they announced the John Lennon assassination, it was during uh, the, the, Super Bowl, actually.
1: I'm surprised John, uh, is not calling for his old friend, George Clooney to, to
0: be the rule of the jungle. That's kind of surprising to me. Well, he's, but... my, yeah, he's up there. He's like top 10, but, but you can't, wow. no one beats Oprah. You know, I'm okay. going to have to, I'm gonna have to have to head off. Yeah. Do you want me to do my okay. athletic greens real quick? No, no, no athletic greens, a uh, couple of weeks. So don't buy athletic greens. Don't buy two weeks. Get rid of yeah. it. Throw it was, out your yeah. athletic greens for yeah. a couple well, of
1: weeks. Buy can... well, their
3: competitors too, right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. And then buy them after April 14 again. So we show them, you know, who's the ruler of the jungle, as Bridget likes to call it. But, okay, look. So we will see, Oji, we'll see you later. Okay, let's just wrap up with the promotion. And uh, look, you can go to the winnow.app or you can go to patreon.com slash dhsports. You're thinking, why? Why should I support this show? Well,
3: John... Why, why do you think people should support this show? Why not? You're supporting yeah. me. You're supporting right. Bridget. You're supporting right. um, Hoji. You're supporting yeah. um, someone I'm forgetting. This cat.
1: Yeah. The you're cat... supporting Matilda. And, the... and look at that cat. Look at the, the how well fed that cat is. If we don't continue to get new patrons, that cat is going to, well, I'm not going to say what it's going to look like. It's going to hurt Bridget's feelings, but it's not going to look as good. It's going to look and, like
2: a real Bengal
1: and the other thing is when you give money to us the amount that goes to john if any does go to john he you've heard from john's mouth he gives most of his money away this man this man is so generous so if you are generous it is going to a good place and that is john potentially in the future okay i think that's all we have but we're going to continue to cover the draft in upcoming weeks we're going to look at some cornerbacks next week And uh, we will give you full draft coverage. For John Luciano Pavarotti and HR, I'm Daddy McDoug. Don't forget to subscribe. Turn on notifications. Very important. Turn on notifications. And we will see you next time. So long. Sweetie. Bye.